This is Mary Celeste Bell. Welcome to the Blackberry Podcast, where we'll dive into stories and knowledge of the incredible people that are part of the Blackberry story. You'll hear from longtime friends, amazing visiting personalities, and our own inspired team members. In the second interview for our Blackberry Chef series, Andy Chabot talks with executive chef of the Dogwood at Blackberry Farm, Sarah Steffen. Learn about Sarah's adventures in the culinary industry and why she loves working in the kitchen at Blackberry Farm. Welcome back to the Blackberry Podcast. I'm Andy Chabot, and today I am continuing our chef interview series with executive chef of the Dogwood Restaurant at Blackberry Farm, Sarah Steffen. Hi, Sarah. Hello. So, um, how long have you worked at Blackberry now? Um, well, um, it's been quite a few years. I think 11 in total. Um, I've worked here for four years, sort of right out of college, and then left for three years to go find myself. Um, <laughs> and, um, and I realized that I missed Blackberry a lot. So I came back, and I've been back for almost eight years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So almost 12 total years. Yeah, almost 12. Wow. So I do math. Um, I'm a little, um, very interested really to hear kind of the backstory. Um, you know, what, but before you came to Blackberry, uh, the first time, you know, all those years ago, what, what got you into the culinary industry? Um, I don't really know that it was one thing. Um, I think I grew up in a huge family, um, and my parents had gardens, my dad and my brothers hunted, and I just really loved, like, the, I loved eating, I loved the community of food, um, and we grew up sort of very rurally, and so we'd all go our separate ways during the day, but every night we'd come um come together and have dinner at my grandmother's house or mostly outside if the weather was nice. Um, and so I just, I really loved eating. I loved growing food. I loved seeing the whole process um, of that. And um, around like 15, I think I saw an advertisement for culinary school. And before that, like the notion of going to culinary school really hadn't ever crossed my mind. Mm. Um, and so I decided to go to a, a pretty small private school in upstate New York called Paul Smith's College. Um, and I decided on Paul Smith's over like the CIA or um, Johnson and Wales because they had a really great uh, study abroad program. And so oh. I had really wanted to travel and I loved travel and I had been to Europe before, but I wanted to um, really immerse myself sort of in a different culture and a country. Um, and so I wanted to yeah. go to France. So that was sort of my driving force behind going to Paul Smith's. Oh, and then I... Smart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> smart. Um, and then I got so a... You hadn't you hadn't been a cook anywhere? You can. Um, no. My first job was at the local um, IGA, and I worked in the deli counter um, nice. slicing all the meats. Yeah. A skill yep. that would come in handy yeah. later in life. <laughs> Little did I know. Um, and then I also, um, uh, there was a subway attached to it. So it was okay. like one of those small little mm -hmm. rural grocery stores with the deli and the subway. And so I would work in the deli some days and at subway other days. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And so I'd never really worked in a restaurant before um, and had no idea what I was getting myself into. Huh. So 
Interesting. Interesting. And you say you grew up rurally. Where did you grow up? In Pennsylvania, um, in right outside of State College in a little tiny town called Pine Glen um, that my grandparents settled in after my grandfather came home from the war. And, oh, wow. okay. um, and then my mom and my dad, who is from Philadelphia, later settled there um, and started a family. Nice. And how, you say you have a pretty big family. Mm-hmm. How, how big is pretty big? Um, huge. Huge. Uh, at this point, um, I think there's 18 or 19 people in my immediate family. So um, I have three brothers and two sisters and, um, and then... Uh, brother-in-laws, sister-in-laws, and babies, and so... Yeah, it just yeah. keeps growing. Yeah, it's oh. quite the clan. When you were growing up and you all were having you know, dinners together and, and all that, that kind of got you into, into this, um, did you have any particular favorite things or you know, favorite dishes, or were there anything special? Was it more just the convivial family... No, we definitely, yeah, we definitely had like our special, um, our special things that we would always make. And it was mostly vegetable centered, um, because again, my parents grew a lot Uh of like our produce that we ate. Um, and my grandmother would always make the best salads and she would go out into her yard and pick, um, dandelion and make like warm bacon dressing and dandelion salad. Um, and she did like really good uh, lentils that she would cook in like this little cast iron pot in her fireplace. Oh, nice. Um, and then my parents, my mom, um, would always, uh, roast turkeys on special occasions in a little, a tin kitchen, which is a little, it's a rotisserie that you put up against your fireplace in your, in the living room (laughs) as, as one does. Um, and then it, it has this little, uh, mechanism where you turn it, um, and then it's made out of reflective tin. So it, it's like a rotisserie. Um, but yeah. And you just put in front of the, like the hearth. Yeah. Yeah, The hearth. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Pretty cool. That sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. Did you cook any during this time? I did. Yeah. I think, you know, my mom, uh, having had so many kids to care for, um, sort of when I became interested in food, she backed off a little bit. (laughs) She was like, your turn. Um, but, and she's a really fantastic cook, but we, yeah, I, I definitely would make a lot of, um, a lot of dinners throughout the week and, at one, I think like right around 15 was when I started getting um, a lot of cookbooks and knives and kitchen tools and fun little things like for Christmas and right. in my Easter basket. So, yeah, right started, around 15. Started getting the gear. Yeah, and stuff. exactly. Fun. So you went to Paul Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, how was that experience? It was really fun. Um, I mean, I had a great education. I had a great, t- um, great set of teachers. And I think like my class really, um, produce some very successful people. I mean, there were a lot of success, successful people before me, but, um, like all, a lot of my friends who I'm still in, um, close contact with, they've all gone on to do really great things. Um, but Paul Smith's, it was like summer camp. I mean, it's yeah. right on, um, one of the Saranac lakes and it's beautiful. And it was, it was such a fun fun experience what's the program like there is it sort of like um like i i went to the cia and you know it's like there's a block program where every Mm -hmm. three weeks you're doing something different and you only know the people in your little group yeah is paul smith like that or is it more like traditional 
like one class a year? No, it, it it was in the block system too. So you would wake up at 5.30 for your baking labs, or at least I had it gotcha. down to a science where you just <laughs> roll out of bed and roll into your chef whites and walk to class. Um, but yeah, you had um, labs that you would go to um, in the morning and then in the evening again. Um, so it would be like six o'clock to, uh, to noon. And then you'd go back in the evening for, you know, your international cuisine cooking lab until six o'clock in the evening. So it was pretty intense. Pretty big, pretty long days. And, and is there a specific thing that you study? Was it like savory pastry? I I studied, yeah, I studied it all. So, uh, well, I think my focus was more, um, was more on savory and they had baking tracks and and pastry tracks, but really I didn't learn how to do pastry um, well until I went to France and I worked um, as a pastry cook there. Cool. So you got to go to France Mm -hmm. as part. So they have a study abroad. What, how long do you go? What's the, um, I was there for a semester. So, uh, yeah, which was super fun. It was a lot of so, it was a lot of work because yeah. you're there working for free, and yeah. they it's like that old school French, yeah, sort of y- yeah, style. split shifts where you'd go in in the morning, and then you'd have a nice long wine lunch, and then you'd have to go back to work <laughs> after that. That was so that was the worst part. Oh, yeah, that sounds yeah, terrible. It was awful. Long wine lunch. Uh-huh. So what did you? Where did you go? Where did you work? Was one? Um, was it in one restaurant? Yes. Uh, so we had sort of a central hub where we all lived, um, and the school was affiliated with this really wonderful family, the Weisbergs, and they set up sort of a sister city program between Mm. Saranac Lake, um, which is right near where Paul Smith is located, Mm -hmm. um, and Entrain-sur-Nouan, which is a town in Burgundy, tiny little village built on Roman ruins, which a lot of Europe is, but they still, they had like all the little um, foundations and bridges and, uh, and places where you know, the stones were ancient that you could go and see. Um, but we lived in, or we had our little central hub. Um, and then during the week we'd go, um, and we had rooms Mm. at our, my friend Dylan and I, our room was in the L'Espace de Victor Hugo. And we had a bed and a sink and communal bathrooms and communal kitchens. Um, and so we'd go Mm -hmm. there for the week and then we'd come back to our nice little manse <laughs> building. How many of you were there from the school? Um, I think maybe 15 or so. Okay. Yeah. So it was a nice little group. And we were in Burgundy. Um, we started off at Le Cordon Bleu in Paris and so. did some intensive training and um, cooking classes there. And then we went to work. Nice. For free. For free. Well, yeah, yeah. That was the system. You were living, yeah, exactly. a, living a life, you know? Yeah. What, um, so, so what was the restaurant you worked at? Um, the Moulin de Ruas, um, oh. and it was, uh, I think it's still, still there. Um, but it was an old mill. And so it had the big milling wheel outside and like this beautiful river that they built the restaurant around. And so in the middle of the restaurant was like this glass cased floor river, huh. um, which was re- <laughs> really cool. Um, and I, I worked in pastry because, you know, that's what you do. That's where they put all the the young interns that didn't know what they were doing. And 
I messed up quite a lot of stuff. Um, but so I would do, I would make all the desserts, I would plate all the desserts. And then the specialty of the restaurant was, um, trout from the, from the stream. So you had an amazing experience. I France. did. Yeah. The, um, the chef of the restaurant, he was like four feet tall. His name was Chef Rossi and he called me Mademoiselle Camosapel. Uh, Mrs. What's whatever her, your name. Or what's her, what's name? her name? Yeah, Miss. What? So we had a very close bond. It sounds like. Yeah. It. <laughs> sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so was that at the end of? Was that in the middle of your that education was, yeah, or the, toward the, the end? Middle, in the middle. Uh, yeah. So that was. I mean, that was most of it. Was working. Yeah. Um, in the restaurant, and then we were in this beautiful little town uh, called Avalon, um, and it had this historic part of the city and this really fun. Um, discotheque part of the city, uh, which I was 20 years old. So I spent, uh, I spent a, a few, few minutes there. Um, they love yeah, their discotheque. It was fun. <laughs> Over there. Discotheque. Mm-hmm. The so discotheque. then you came back, you're, you're at school. Mm-hmm. That restaurant job in France, was that your first proper restaurant job? You know, when I say no. proper, I mean, well, you know, yeah, proper you know I mean. actually. Yeah. No, I, I worked at badly. waffles and cakes, Andy. Okay. Waffles and cakes. <laughs> yeah. My freshman year of, um, after my freshman year of college, I worked at a little breakfast place called Waffles oh, and really? Cakes. Yeah. Just making breakfast? Uh-huh. Yeah. That's, yeah, I, I mean, I, I cooked breakfast, um, at one place I worked and that is a heck of a shift. To have, yeah, it was to intense. It was really fun, but it, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So then that was your second job in mm-hmm. France in an yeah. unknown place, an unknown language yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, quite the contrast. <laughs> so and then you finished school. And what I did. Ha- what happened next? Well, I was fortunate. So um, I went to France for an externship, but I did oh. an internship as well um, at the Point Resort um, on Upper Saranac oh, yeah. Lake, uh, which is a relay mm-hmm. and chateau. And that was, I think, the most like defining beneficial thing for my career um because it was such a high level and i was you know doing things and and working with chefs you know that um that i wouldn't have got the opportunity to otherwise and um and so i did my internship and they offered me a job and so i worked pretty much my whole the whole way through college um so four years there and it was awesome. I did everything. What I did, did it all. You did it all. Mm-hmm. You, you were pastry and savory and yeah. Everything so there? the point is pretty, pretty unique because I think there's only eleven rooms or thirteen rooms. Oh, wow. Um, and so it's like the atmosphere of a house party. And so you, there were nights where the guests would dress in black tie or they, it, but it was like a coursed out, like really cool. Um, like they had these two like, huge round tables and that's everybody ate together and it was thematic mm-hmm. oh, wow I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize that yeah and the meals really happen at the fun. same yeah at the same time yeah and is it a set you know, set like menu set every menu. day and the menus were written every day and so it like really forced like not that i was making a lot of decisions back then but it was really <laughs> cool like to see like something on the fly being created like that um, something new every day. So it was really fun, but I did, I worked breakfast there too. Oh yeah. Um, and did that was intense. Was yeah. it the same way where it's all kind one time? Of, yeah. It was just a verbal menu that, um, the servers would somehow remembered. And so huh. it could be anything. Oh wow. Anything. Yeah. Anything just yeah. at the guest. Whim. Yeah. And it was typically me and one other person and, and a lot of early mornings. So Sounds like yeah. it could be fun. It could be challenging. It, it was both of those things. <laughs> so 
So you're there for four years, the same time you were at school. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then you, so then you graduated and, and what happened? Um, well, I wanted to come to Blackberry, um, but. Why is that? Uh, my, the chef that I worked at at the point, his name was Kevin McCarthy. And, um, and he knew that I, you know, wanted to move on. And so he was like, there's this really cool resort. It's a Relay and Chateau. It's in Tennessee. Um, and they're doing a lot of really interesting farm to table, um, farmstead, uh, focused things. And I think that you would really be interested in it. Hmm. Um, what year was, was this about 20, uh, 2007, maybe okay. 2006, 2007. Okay. Um, and y'all weren't hiring, which is <laughs> so is nuts. Crazy to think about. <laughs> yeah, now, exactly. Right? We're, now we're always hiring. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I was, I wasn't devastated, but I was bummed out. Um, but the Farrington house in right outside of Chapel Hill in North Carolina was hiring. And, um, and so I took the job there, which was so much fun. I love living in Chapel Hill. It was, it was great. Um, but I wanted to work at Blackberry. So a position came, uh, or became available like five, five or six months after I'd moved to North Carolina. Hmm. And I wasn't one to like, you know, say goodbye. But um, I was like, this is where I want to be. So so hmm. I quit. <laughs> I moved everything. Again. Again. Yeah. And what position became available? Line cook? Yeah, just a line cook. And I started out on Garmage. And that was in the main house? Mm -hmm. Main house. And it was like nine months, I think, before the barn was built. Gotcha. So John yeah. John Fleer was... He had just left. And so it was Josh Feathers. Ah, so Josh yeah. Feathers was and running Joseph Lynn, yeah. and Joseph. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. An interesting sort of transition yeah. you know, time at, at Black yeah. So you came in kind of right into that transition. Mm -hmm. uh, so what was your impression when you when you arrived? Well, I thought, you know, I kind of thought that I was, I knew I had all this like really great experience sort of under my, under my belt mm -hmm. um, with the point and my education and then like working in France. And I thought like, you know, I, I could go anywhere and work. Um, and when I, my, after my first day at Blackberry, I was like, holy, holy smokes, I do not know anything. Huh. And so I was just like really excited about that because, huh. you know, like one of the cool things about culinary arts is that you're always learning something. Yeah. And so this was something that, or this was a place and a cuisine and a style that I just had no, I knew nothing about. Huh. Um, and so I was really excited. What particularly stood out for you that you I think all of the, the Southern, um, like cooking, yeah, yeah, ingredients, cooking techniques, all of it. Um, I really admired that because I, you know, in France, the cuisine is so old and, you know, there's the terroir and the cheese and the wine and their culture is so, um, intrinsically tied to their cuisine. And I really hadn't like... I definitely didn't see that in New York, yeah. um, but in the South, there's there's echoes of that. So oh. that really interested me. I love that. I've always thought personally that there's some connection between the Southern United States and the and in in France, especially Southern France. Yeah, you know yeah. about just the and, and I've never heard it put that way. I, I thought that was yeah. really really interesting. Well, and yeah, and I love that you know we 
they had started to do the cheese program at that time and the jams and the cows. And you can tell what the cow or not the cows, the, the sheep, the sheep. <laughs> Um, the sheep are doing and eating at that time of year because it influenced the yeah. way the milk tastes. And I just, it was so, it I was so that's, cool. That's true. I mean, all of that, that everyone I think thinks is sort of synonymous with Blackberry Farm, mm -hmm. uh, was really just starting then, you know, the yeah. cheese, the cheese program and the larger garden and yeah. the, the jam. And I don't even think if the barn wasn't built, then the larder wasn't built. So they were doing that in and uh, the bells home mm -hmm. back then yeah right? and i and um they were making some of the charcuterie um on what is now like one of the prep kitchen oh, in the main house. prep counters in the kitchen yeah in the main house so that was really cool too huh what a, what it's sort of interesting thing yeah, the, gra the grassroots of everything yeah. yeah i mean it's it's kind of kind of interesting to go back down memory lane mm -hmm. um okay so you are working as a line cook in the main house. That's when it was just the main house. It was mm -hmm. the only yeah. restaurant. And I'm not even sure we call it. Do we call it the main house? I don't know. We called it the restaurant. I think, I'm yeah, sure. I think it was just the restaurant. Huh. Well, at, at the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the barn was getting ready to come online, mm -hmm. I guess. You know, what was your, what was your direction? What did you think you were going to do and what did you do? Well, I... I talked to Josh Feathers, um, and I was like, I want to be in management, which is I, probably a very bold thing to just walk <laughs> up and be like, I want to be a sous chef. Um, but I, I mean, I guess I was very straightforward and I was just like, I want to be a sous chef. How do I get there? You know, what do I need to do? Um, and I sort of walked in and I don't know what this says about me, but everybody that was in the kitchen, I was like, all right, I have to be better than these people. Yeah. Um, and so I really just, I worked, you know, as much as I could, I did all of the different Yaller Hammer events, um, sort of anything that was, um, that I felt would make me stand out and be like perceived as a valuable, um, line cook. Mm -hmm. I just, I went for Nice. Yeah. Do you think that's true, you know, in, in kitchens in general? Like, it's sort of a, what's the right word? Com I mean, it's a competitive It's competitive, yeah. Well, and, you know, you can come to work and do your job and clock out and go home, you know, but I, nothing comes from nothing, you know. So I really wanted, I really wanted to make a good impression here, gotcha. you know, and I, I just, I wanted it. Nice. And, and, and I made it. How did that work too. out? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it worked out pretty good. Oh, well, yeah. It seems it like seemed, it, at this it worked point. out really good. So, but in that first, you know, four years that you were here, mm -hmm. so you were in the main house, you talked to Josh. What, what happened after that? Um, I think he was just like, okay. And so, <laughs> like you would you be know, if a yeah, new line cook came to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and I just, I worked, you know, a lot. I worked through all the stations, um, which I was very fortunate. The line cooks at that time and the management were really talented. And it was, it was just a lot of fun, honestly, too, to be somewhere new and learning and, and developing and growing. So um, I just worked it. I worked all the stations in the main house, Garmage, the grill, um, entremet. And then, uh, when the barn was built, um, I expressed my interest in, in going over there mm -hmm. and it didn't happen right away, but I sort of went over, um, after it opened and became a kitchen manager. And then, uh, Joseph Lynn actually, um, 
he uh, he's the person that um, wanted me to become a sous chef. Nice. Um, and so he gave me that opportunity, which was awesome. Um, and then from there, there was a pastry chef position open or pastry yeah. cook position. And so I wanted a new challenge, something new to learn. Um, so I did that for a while. And then that was sort of the end of my my four, my first four years here. Um, and I was like, you know, I just want something different, something new. I had been like, you know, moving from France and, and North Carolina. And I just, I was like, I think that I've, I've. You feeling restless? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so I, I left for three years. Huh. Yeah. I, I find that, that cooks and chefs, uh, more than maybe other like front of house counterparts seem to have this desire to move and change and and evolve um is that is that true i think so yeah i i mean i definitely felt the call of the wild um when i was when i was much younger too i think you know blackberry does such a great job um and especially now of offering a variety and of experiences and and a very diverse um diverse restaurants uh each with their own particular specialty here now. Um, but at that point I, I just wanted to see as much of the world as I possibly could, you know, and learn as much. And, and also I didn't know what I wanted really, you know, except for to keep learning and moving. And so where'd you go? I went back up to upstate New York, (laughs) (laughs) but my sisters, um, both lived there, uh, and, um, and I was given a new opportunity, um, at the Lake Placid Lodge to go up there. Uh Um, and, and it was great. I mean, I, I loved living up there. I didn't love the winters. Um, but I really loved being close to my sisters, you know, like my, I have a twin sister and she and I, I went to school in New York. She went to school in Arkansas. Oh. And then my little sister is six years younger. And so I really, you know, she was 13, I think, 11, 13, um, when I left home. Mm. And so I really didn't have like a very close, you know, relationship yeah. because we had been in school for, for so long. Um, and so that was really fun nice. to get. So you got to spend more time yeah, with your exactly. family. And I was like, you know what? Three years. That's enough. I'm moving back to, Tennessee. Back to Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> so what brought you back to Tennessee? Um, well, I had always visited every spring, um, mm-hmm. since I had moved away, I would come back and see my friends. Um, and, uh, Joseph Lynn, actually, I met up with him and he said that there was a new opportunity, um, a new restaurant going to open, um, yeah. on property for the growing, um, the expanding property. And, uh, and so he invited me back and I, I was like, yes. I, I, so he was I'm talking about do the dogwood at that yeah, time. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So he had, I think just won the James Beard for the barn. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and he invited me back to Nice to, to be open. to be a sous yeah. chef and and to oh, yeah. work on opening. Or? Yes, yeah. So I was here for I think a two years. Was it a year or two years? Time is slippery. Is, I was yes. here for a while. We were here for a bit. Um, and just sort of you know reacquainting myself with the property because even though like you know I had worked here for four years and I had only been gone for three, when I came back, I it was mind blowing how much had changed and expanded in that time. And so really it was just, it took that long for me to get reacquainted with the style of food and, um, the culture and, um, yeah. And so, and then that must've been 20, 
14, I guess, when you came back somewhere in there because somewhere in there. you opened the when did you open the dogwood? Um, I yeah, it, it must have been. Yeah, it, April, I think that it was 2015. Yeah, I, th- I think. Yeah, so. it was in April. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I remember mm-hmm. going back and looking for some old menus and that's where they yeah. start. Yeah. So I, I assume that's when it started. Mm-hmm. And so um, what was the dogwood when it first opened? Oh, man. It, I think we were just trying to figure that out. <laughs> At least I was. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've figured it out by now. But um, but yeah, it was we wanted to create an experience that was was different from the barn, but still um, still at the same level of service and cuisine. Um, and we for me, that process just took on its own. Um, it took on its own journey for the first two years, I think. Um, you know, and it took, it took a a hot minute to get, to get our stride. You know, I think sometimes one of the, you know, you start with something and then it takes a while, you know, if you change, there's still people that want that old thing, Mm -hmm. you know, so it takes a while to sort of like leave that behind and yeah. move on to the new thing. And it seems like you're always sort of halfway between stuff yeah. as you're evolving a concept. Yeah. No, but that, um, that wasn't interesting. So, you know, the menu when you first opened had what things like hamburger and, oh, yeah. and fried chicken. It had fried chicken, um, which like is something that hamburgers. Sam had wanted. It had, yeah, different hamburgers. Um, they really, Sam really wanted it to be a very casual bistro. Yeah. Um, that was the word he kept tossing out. Forgot kind of about, you know, that, that fried sort chicken. of opening menu. We had a, a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Sunday tray. Yeah. Which your dad actually made a... Yeah. A like a service tray for yeah, um, which was really beautiful and really fun. We just could never get the execution part of that down because of all the steps, yeah, and how heavy the tray was, right? And how many people wanted it, yeah, like, all at the same time, yeah, exactly. Um, it's wow, sort of a I recipe for um, almost disaster when you have mm-hmm. something that's really popular mm-hmm. that you can't execute, yeah, you, know? you can't meet supply and demand. What so, what did it? evolved to how would you describe the dogwood now um i think the dogwood now uh it's it's comfortable it's still really delicious food um you know i think that i always wanted to have a i always wanted to have a menu where you would love to eat the food on it every single day Mm -hmm. um and so i think that uh it's hmm it's hard to define. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, it's very it's it's relaxed and refined and um comfortable, you know, and I think the food is pretty approachable but delicious and you know speaks to the seasons at Blackberry and in Tennessee and um you know speaks to the the sense of place yeah. and uh, you know and time of year. So, what kind of I've, I've been interested, you know, lately you know, in this crazy year that we're having with things are changing and people are taking a hard look at everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been really interested in what is fine dining and what's the future yeah. you know, of, of fine dining. Cause I find more and more people are looking for something approachable. Yeah. Um, and fine at the same time. Yeah. Well, and it, um, is more accessible to, to more people if it's not, you know, 
15 courses served on the most beautiful crystal imported from Italy. Um, you know, good food, which I think Blackberry does really well, um, both Cassidy at the barn and um, Josh Feathers and myself, you know, we try to to really give a sense of a moment in time in a certain place. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't mean that, you know, the service isn't wonderful and, and elegant, but it's also just not... Um, it's not old school. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's, I, I mean, do you think that's the future? Of fine I hope moving so. Away I from... really do. I think that, um, if there's anything that this year has sort of made me more aware of, it's the sustainability of restaurants. Um, yeah. and especially restaurants that have such a huge overhead where, you know, the food costs so much because of the, you know, the 16 people it takes to bring it to the table. Yeah, exactly. And um, and to me, that that style of food has always been sort of synonymous with waste. Hmm. Um, like, sort of like I feel excess like, is Yeah, the, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and haute cuisine, you know, which is what I was learning in France, you know, there's so much waste when you um, tournay a turnip. Right. You and, know? That's and that's almost silly. the point of it, I yeah, guess. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like this excess... Um, uh, I, you know, I honestly hadn't thought about like French cuisine as at least the oat style, you mm -hmm. know, French cuisine, it, you know, relying on waste. Yeah. You know, and the fact that therefore it's not for everybody. Yeah, exactly. Know, kind of yeah. Thing. It's very, it's sort of, it, I, I guess my like biggest hope was that it cuisine and fine dining would be more accessible and not so, um, so reserved for the the people that so could rarified. Yeah, exactly. Kind of huh. That's that's great. So you are one of three executive chefs in a hotel. Mm -hmm. well, what do you think? What do you find most challenging about being, you know, chef of a restaurant in a hotel? Um, I think the most challenging thing for me is making sure that you are everything that every experience that our guests have is a good one. Yeah. Um, and that you sort of have to be everything to everybody, you know, cause our guests come here, yeah. they're stuck here. Um, and there's not other restaurants really yeah, to go to. Yeah. And so, um, one of the things that I know is important to myself and to Cassidy is giving the guests an experience that they're, it's going to be memorable. It's going to be delicious, but it's also going to be, um, diverse. So yeah. she has this beautiful restaurant where she creates the most amazing food and, um, and it's very elegant and the service is wonderful. Um, and then doing the same thing at the dogwood, uh, but making it different, Yeah, you know, and giving yeah. variety. And how is the dogwood different from the barn? Um, I think it's, uh, it, you know, it's, it's more of a bistro. Um, yeah. It's really delicious, sort of um, not over complicated food or preparations, but we get the best quality fish. We get the best quality beef. Um, our chicken dish uh, that we have on the menu, we've had on the menu for like the past four years. Um, the accompaniments change with the seasons, um, but we perfected a chicken recipe and why would we change that, you know? Right. So, um, the chicken, the 
fish that we get. Uh, we just make sure we get the best quality ingredients and we don't do too much to that. Um, and, and I think that is the style of food at the dogwood. At the dogwood. It's, yeah. le- it's less courses. It's quicker. Yeah. You, know, you mentioned it's quicker. The, yeah. People don't want the, not all, not all people want that long sort yeah. of dining experience. Yeah. Which is, is, is very fun. And I know like you and I have both had really great experiences at some of the best restaurants in the world. Um, but when I think about the, those experiences, you know, a 15 course tasting menu, I maybe remember one or two things, you know, and that to me makes me think like, you know, maybe everybody else also, maybe it's too much. Maybe that's all they remember too. Yeah. And so if I can provide an experience where you are going to go, you're going to leave and you're going to remember everything you ate and it's going to be, you know, remember the chicken dish. Yeah, exactly. Like that's what I want, you know? And, you know, our guests are here for a number of days. I mean, you know, at some point, I guess, you know, they, they not get bored if it was just a, you know, a conceptual restaurant, mm-hmm. but it, um, you know, they sort of, they need to see stuff they, they want, yeah. you know, cause you know, you could go to one great restaurant and you're like, that was neat. Didn't care for it too much. Yeah. But then if you had to eat there for three more days. Yeah, exactly. You'd be a little I'd stuck. Be- pretty, pretty angry. But yeah, I mean, I think that the thing that Blackberry does really well is that we listen to our guests and, you know, if you want to order a smash burger and tater tots from our midday bar venue, then I want that to be the best smash burger and tater tots that you have. Like it doesn't have to be this refined, elegant thing. I just want it to be the best. I love that. Yeah. So what, you know, now, I mean, You've been an executive chef now for five years, mm-hmm. I guess. What what excites you now? What kind of keeps you going? Um, well, <laughs> I was going to say traveling. Not that I've done that much <laughs> this year. I'm so looking forward to yeah, traveling again me too. at some point. Oh, my gosh. Um, definitely traveling and being able to, to see different, um, different types of cuisine and expressions of different chefs. That's really exciting, but also just, um, you know, and especially this year focusing on my team a lot more and their development, um, and seeing them grow into mature people that are very competent, um, because I think that's, you know, you can have the best skilled line cook there is, but if they have a horrible attitude and they're not, you know, they're hot and cold and unreliable, um, that's challenging. And so like really, um, my executive sous chef Trevor and I really this year focused on the team a lot and that is really exciting to me. And that's like, you know what, I'm, I'm doing a good job. This team is solid. They're happy. You know, they get to, take vacations and they're um, excited about coming to work and you know they have a good life work balance that's really exciting to kind of transition into being you know a a coach and Mm -hmm. you know versus the best person on the team yeah kind of a thing uh so you seem to have some interest also in like homeopathic um Mm -hmm. um, techniques and and medicines and things does that play a role in in your food or is that true yeah, that's true. Okay. I don't know who you heard that from, but that's <laughs> true. Um, just kidding. 
but yeah, I my mom was always um, very into herbalism and acupuncture and different sort of modalities mm-hmm. of of healing and the human body and um, working, you know, to be the healthiest that you can be. I guess through through that. Um, and so it, was, it is interesting to me. Um, and we do a lot of. Uh, I don't. I don't know that it shows up too much on my menu. Yeah. Um. But I do uh, make the line cooks tinctures or like juices and yeah. potions every day. Or, um. Lately, we've been juicing a lot to to keep the COVID. Yeah. Off. <laughs> what particular What particular juice are you using? Everyone um, would love to know. <laughs> well, we're. Um. I've been blending. Um. Not juicing, okay, but I've yeah. been blending up celery. Um, spinach, apples, ginger, uh, lemon, and, um, either kale or, um, something like that and just Mm -hmm. blending it up, then, you know, passing it through and making everybody drink about a cup of that a day. Oh, good. Um, just so you get your vitamins and and things like that. So. Well. You know, just one one other question I had. You know, this year has changed a lot of things. You know, and I think we've really seen a change, sort of in, um, sort of what what drives chefs in general. You know, like uh, with James Beard Awards, sort mm-hmm. of on pause, and, and restaurants in a challenging place, and you know, the Master Sommelier world sort of in an interesting yeah. spot. Yeah, it was, um, it was a big year. It was a big year mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of a lot of things. But, I mean, has any of that ever driven you? Or, or what do you what do you think for, for chefs in general will continue to drive them if it's not awards and, and things? Um, I would hope, you know, I think there's a lot of, at least when I was coming up, there's a lot of stigma around being a chef and, you know, you work hard and you play hard. And it, I think there's been a new, I don't know, sort of consciousness that that's not actually good. Right. You know, um, recipe for burnout. Yeah, exactly. And I, I remember all of the chefs or not all of them, but quite a few of the chefs that I've worked with, you know, are doing completely different things now. And I think for me, the thing that I always wanted most was to be able to have a career, um, as a chef and, you know, and specifically with Blackberry, but then also have a life outside of it too, which is something that, hasn't always been, you know, the case, you know, I, I love my job and opening a restaurant is no joke. Um, and it's very challenging, but I always wanted to get to the point where like I could take a vacation and I could enjoy my life and, and have, and have balance in it, you know? And I think that's one reason why I love working for Blackberry. Um, and why I love my job is that I can, you know, I can have this career like other people have careers, but it doesn't have to consume me. It doesn't have to be the only thing yeah, you do. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I hope that, you know, that's something that is other chefs and people that, um, you know, line cooks and kids in school, in culinary school, like they realize too, like you can have all of those things. It doesn't have to be something that you just or, yeah. yeah pour everything into yeah exactly every and then you burn out and then you're you know 
a liquor rep somewhere. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you do. You see people completely, you know, changing jobs just because it was, you know, it's too much and, and what have you. And and uh, I think that's a really great answer. Hopefully, that that is maybe some good that comes out of, you know, yeah. 2020 is, is that, you know, people in this industry um, continue to raise the professionalism of it yeah. and treat it like a career. Yeah. And raise, and yeah, raise, raise the bar. Yeah. Like you, every, you deserve everything. Yeah. You, you deserve to have a great career and a life outside of it too. I you love know? that. I love that. Well, Sarah, thank you for taking time thank to talk you. to us. Thank today. you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Blackberry podcast. Continue following the journey wherever you subscribe. Thank you to our guests, interviewers, and audience. Dive into more stories, videos, photos, and podcast episodes on theblackberrymagazine.com. Make a great day.